0: Hello and welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast, the podcast that takes songs that didn't make it to Eurovision through their national finals and gives them a second chance. I'm Matt Baker. And I'm Monty Moncrief. Hello. And today's episode, our very first episode,
1: is all about Norway. Yes, the Norwegian Melody Grand Prix, the the show that selected Kano and Spirit in the Sky for Eurovision. We're going to have a look back at that national final and see if we think the right song won or see which of the remaining songs we're going to select to put forward to be the second cherry for Norway in 2019. And we should just say that uh, this is a, a
0: similar format every week. So each week... There'll be a new country, and a new national final to talk about, and of course, we'll be picking a new cherry.
1: So thank you for listening to our teaser episode. Uh, If you haven't heard that, then shame on you. Go immediately and listen to it. It's on our website. It's on our usual uh, podcasting apps where you will find us. Uh, And in that, we talked a little bit about the format of what the Second Cherry podcast and Second Cherry Song Contest is going to be. Uh, So you can hear all about the history of Second Cherry uh, in that episode. And it just warms you up for what we're going to be doing over the summer this year. So Matt, you are recently back from Tel Aviv.
0: I am. Yeah, it was a uh, an interesting Eurovision this year. Yeah. So um I suppose Israel interesting country. Mm-hmm. Um I found the people lovely, the weather great. Tel Aviv as a city was, it was a great host city. Mm-hmm. I think um uh, the some things were were really good some things were not so good so i think some of the production was a little bit okay close to the bone lots of
1: countries not getting really what they wanted in rehearsal it seemed
0: i think so yeah i think yeah. it was my first time in the press center and i think seeing the rehearsals and how much they change over the time um, with each rehearsal it was right to the last minute that Netherlands sorted their staging out
1: yeah it is it's quite sort of you know the um, seat of your pants uh, for some of the delegations I think when you see somebody who's not had the best rehearsal um, and the the work they still have to do to pull it together um, but I think on the whole the, the, the finished product seemed to be okay we had a couple of little blips uh, in um, Lithuania I remember in particular where the camera dropped um, at, and we didn't um, we didn't quite Get to they, they got the wrong camera angle at one point, and I think um, in the jury rehearsal, I think there was some problems with Norway as well. Well, in the final, in the final, yeah, in the final, yeah, was, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. The jury rehearsal, they yeah. had a a cameraman sort of like looked like he was a bit drunk and slant, slant off a bit, yeah. so which was yeah, something went wrong there. So <laughs> I think all in all, uh, a, a strong production, but uh, just just made it. Just
1: made it. Yeah. I'm so gutted that I wasn't able to be in Tel Aviv. It's the first Eurovision I've missed, um, at least in part, um, uh, since 2009. So a whole decade um, since I missed being there. So I would have loved to have been there, but just other circumstances. Uh, that were going on for me meant that I couldn't so I had to watch it from home so I was uh, I wasn't in Tel Aviv I was in Kennington uh, but I had a fantastic time uh, with friends and um, I had plenty of falafel through the week so at least I've had the the feeling of being in Israel so we are going to kick off with Norway as the first uh, national final you really liked this national final didn't you
0: it was my favorite. Of, yeah. the, of every national final we're kicking yeah. off in our yeah. podcast with my personal favourite because um we can talk about the Melody Festival Islands of Sweden and we can talk about maybe um the song quality of things like Spain and stuff like that yeah. but um Honestly, I just felt like
1: all, all things considered, this was the best of the season. Norway can get it right. When they get it right, they really get it right, but of course they uh, can often get it wrong. Norway has won Eurovision three times. First time with Lannitz Swinger with Bobby Sox in 1985. Then ten years later with Nocturne, uh, performed by Secret Garden in 1995. And of course their biggest win and the contest's biggest win was in 2009 with their. Alleg- Alexander Rybak singing Fairy Tale, which uh, garnered then, uh, at that point, the the highest score that any um, country had managed to get. Um, Of course, Norway has uh, also finished last on many occasions. And I think they have four times they've had null point. Um, So they've had mixed fortunes um, at Eurovision. I think actually this year, was probably a mixed fortune for them as well, because um, the song that they sent, Kano's Spirit in the Sky, actually ended up being, if you like, the people's champion, because it won the televote, but only came 18th in the jury vote, Um, and so its combined score um, placed it sixth overall.
0: Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, because I thought it wouldn't translate, I thought, oh, of course it's won its national final. Because it's got the Sami language or one of the Sami languages and and there's, it speaks to the Norwegian people. But would that translate to a Eurovision stage? But
1: clearly it did. Clearly it did indeed. So we are going to take you back to the 2nd of March, uh, 2009. And we're going to take you to Oslo. And we're taking you to the Oslo Spectrum. Uh, a fantastic venue right in the heart of Oslo. You can't miss it. Uh, and uh, it was also, of course, the venue when they hosted in 1996. That's where the contest was screened from. So it was um, fantastic for me, actually, because I went to the Norwegian final last year, uh, not this year. And I had the most amazing time. Um, it was great to be in a venue that's hosted Eurovision. It always feels like a little bit of a pilgrimage. <laughs> <laughs> when you go, um, and you kind of touch the walls. Go, oh my God, everything that happens here. It's quite tall, isn't it, as a venue? It's very it? high. It's very steep. The seats are sort of raked very, very high to the back. But the venue's smaller than it looks on TV. It's a lot smaller. And you got that sense of, I think, you know, they use the whole it's quite a wide arena. They used the whole breadth of it when they hosted in, in 96, uh, when they innovated quite a lot. So the virtual reality scoreboards and um, effects on the screen. So it was really great. I, I thought, you know, the, the atmosphere and actually being at that national final last year was just amazing. And what Norway do that you can't do at Eurovision is they don't really have that six people limit on the stage. So you get some songs, which are presented, almost with a cast of thousands on stage. There just seems to be so many dancers backing some of the songs. Um, when I was there last year, my favourite song was uh, Scandi Love by Ada Maria. And um, she just had all these acrobats doing, you know, uh, doing human pyramids on the stage. It was so good. So much going on. And then she um, fell over. And then she fell over. <laughs> yeah. And uh, did a, you know, a completely bonkers performance. But I, I think that it, 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 It's very clear that the Norwegians are producing Melody Grand Prix for the local audience. It's not just a Eurovision selection show. It's kind of prime time entertainment. I guess in a a way that Melody Festival is in Sweden, but of course Norway now just do or this year have just done the one show. Next year I think we are going to get a sort of a touring production to mark sixty years uh, since Norway first were in Eurovision in nineteen sixty.
0: Yeah, I think you have to strike a balance with a national final. You're making a television programme first and foremost for the na- for the national audience. But ultimately, you are trying to pick a song that's going to go to Eurovision. And of course, the broadcaster wants to do well at Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they don't, you don't know. But, so you have to strike a balance. And that's part of the reason why Norway, I think, got it right this year. They, they, struck, they pleased the home fans and did well at Eurovision.
1: Yes. And I think some of those songs that are there they're not necessarily songs that are ever going to would never do well at Eurovision if they got there but i think some of the the songs are not there with ever any intention of really getting to Eurovision so now we're going to pick out some of the highlights of the national final for you we're going to talk about some of the songs that didn't get there and at the end of that we're going to tell you which one of those we have selected as our norwegian cherry for this year
0: So that's we're going to glide past some of the songs not cuz they're bad or anything like that or maybe they are but we're just we're going to pick out the highlights. Okay, so going in running order, let's have a look at our first song which is uh, Mr. Unicorn by D Sound. <laughs> So Monty, I don't know what you think about that, but I like it, it was funky, uh, it was kind of a little bit how, anyone who watched U-Origin this year, how Czech Republic was on stage, it kind of had that uh, blocked out cameras used to sort of pattern the screen and it was kind of interesting and, uh, but there was, there was a few issues with it, the, the diction of the singer was a bit all over the place. What were your thoughts?
1: Well, I agree with you. I think there was a, it had that kind of fun energy that the, the Czech Republic and Lake Malawi brought to Eurovision. Um, and I thought it was a really good pop song. Um, one of the um, one of the performers had the kind of sort of robot mask on. and I don't know if you remember Metal Mickey from the eighties. TV show about a family that lived with a robot. We've already
0: ascertained that I'm only nineteen.
1: So. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, sorry, it's bef- <laughs> way before your time. Of course. Uh, well, it just reminded me of that. There was a, a man in a, a, a robot um, mask. Um, I, I really like the song. I think it's really um, up tempo. But you're right. The um, you know, you, nobody wants to be disappointed by poor diction, do they? No, <laughs> we've all <laughs> been there. No, absolutely. <laughs> but there's um, there's some interesting lyrics. I, I I hadn't really considered the lyrics before. Um, I was thinking about them for this, and there's a there's a line in it where the singer's going, "You can diss on him." I'm glad she got that right because yeah. that could have been that could have sounded like something uh, very different. <laughs> but um, it's, she seems to be singing about um, a, a man who she's see, seeing as her Mr. Unicorn, who's the one that's just right um, for her. But yeah, it's an odd little number. So Mr. Unicorn actually won the jury vote in the Melody Grand Prix. Uh, there was. Um, uh, a number of international juries um, who seem to be made up maybe of people that the production team might have known from Eurovision, review. <laughs> um, <A> friends. <laughs> friends of a friend of a friend of a friend. Um, but yes, um, Mr. Unicorn got uh, the, the, the 12 points from Georgia, from Spain, from North Macedonia and from Republic mm-hmm. of Ireland. He, yeah, it got the most uh, number of 12s. Four out of and 10 for that. Um, Mr. Unicorn also was one of the four songs that advanced to the final, the gold final uh, in the Norwegian structure. What they do is they have the 10 songs, then four of those uh, advance to the gold final round, and then two advance to a final duel where they play off um, against one another. So the next song that we're going to um, highlight for you is somebody that you'll be very familiar with, uh, if you're a Eurovision fan, and it's uh, Shetil Mørland, or Murland as he's uh, um, just singularly known. Uh, his song was called En Leverid Man, which translates as A Terrified Man, uh, and there was an English version, but he sang in Norwegian in the final. What
0: did you make of it, Matt? Well, I only ever listened to the English version um, Mm. and then just assumed wrongly that it might be English in the national final. So um, the song really spoke to me because it's actually really sad. It's painful listening to the lyrics of of the English version, which is obviously, it's not a direct translation, but um, just essentially someone that's dying of an illness and... Um, all you've got—the only thing you can do to help—is to sing a song and and hope that the song's going to say. It, it's really sad, but I I just found it really really great. I mean, this is what Morland's great—you know—he does this melancholy, um, the this sort of really dark sort of subject matters. But yes, yeah, so it really spoke to me. Okay, you know, I I don't understand Norwegian, so it didn't speak to me in the same way. But there's
1: something about his style. Um, we know him at Eurovision from a monster like me, uh, which he sang with Deborah Scarlett in two thousand and fifteen. Um. And it was really, it's one of the darkest songs I think we've ever had at Eurovision. In that song, there's something which he's kind of atoning for in his past. And you're not really sure what's actually happened, mm. but it really feels dark. And there was that sense of kind of foreboding in that of I got a sense of menace in this song. There was something in the presentation. Um, a friend of mine had said that on stage, it looked like it were people in kind of a, a mental health institution. Um, on the stage. and it was I didn't quite get that, but certainly it was a lot of people they were there's bits in the presentation where there's whispering in somebody's ear and that person's got a tape over their mouth so as if they're not allowed to say what's been t- said to them. Um, and it's just a presentation where it just really feels like something menacing is is about to happen it's kind of it's almost a little bit pintoresque i expected there to be this big pause in the middle of it um and just um yeah it, yeah really really interesting um piece of uh, staging um but very 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 dark as you said
0: so our next song is anna kumoji holla <laughs>
1: Well, where'd you start with this? <laughs> it was oh. kind of a bit of uh, R&B, a bit kind of sort of gangster rap, um, but staged with the whitest dancers that you've ever seen on the whole. <laughs> it was a kind of, a little bit of kind of a cultural misappropriation, I think. Um, but it well, kind of works at the same time. This is this is one of those songs where you, you look at it and you think, oh, this works,
0: but this doesn't, this works she's great she absolutely performed the hell out of that song she smiled she performed a great performer i'd love to see other stuff that she's done uh, and is about to do because she she's a great performer um she's mixed raced. fair enough but yeah it was very white in my notes i've got white person's v- version of black music oh really <laughs> and um It just felt a little bit, yeah, a bit contrived. She's great, though.
1: I quite like the way that Scandinavia picks up these multicultural um, kind of songs. Melody Festival has had a few in. And I actually don't mind a bit of Scandinavian rapping. Um, There was a great song in Melody Festival a few years ago called Up Barba, and that had a bit of rapping in it. Um, But then you've also got... um, horror shows like the Danish song from 1997 steven mit Leif, uh where the guy is rapping over a woman who's pretending to be a telephone operator uh, and that just yeah that's not the kind of Scandinavian rap that really pulls off but Holler was talking of telephones song. though They're talking of telephones yes what happens at the end of a song I don't know
0: this is one of the things I have no idea uh, so at the end she picks up or she's handed a, a phone and then Says something in it, I can't remember, but uh, it's not even a mobile phone. (laughs) It's an old school dial up, like. Yeah. Um, wired phone with a cable with a cable <laughs> it's like where
1: where is that dialed into who is she talking it's an old-fashioned to? one that would kind of sit on the cradle yeah. on top of a handset um so yeah it's kind of didn't really uh, fit the song at all but hollow was a great success in the norwegian final it was again one of those songs that um advanced to the ghoul finale uh, admittedly it made it there with um Quite significantly fewer votes than uh, the the eventual winner got. Um, it got three point nine percent of the vote uh, in the first round, uh, and sorry, in the group Finale um, So it didn't advance to the final duel. Unfortunately for the world. So next up, uh, we're going to pick out a song called Sing For You. Sing For You was uh, sung by a man called Erlen Bratland, uh, who has been in the Norwegian final um, before. Um, And this was, this stood out for me, not in the best way, because it sounded very much like, what's the Robbie Williams song it sounds like? Oh, Phil. Phil.
0: I just wanted. that's it that's
1: it so if you haven't listened to this song you just think it's, that's the chorus he's going to launch load so into. Let's,
0: let's just have a little listen to that now
1: Now Erland uh, had a bit of a misfortune in the rehearsal. Um, he he singed himself on a banger. <laughs> if his pyrotechnics went off in his hand. Yeah. I think. I don't. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it, he stood. I don't know if he stood too close to it. It went off at the wrong angle. Yeah. Uh, so he's he a a, bit of a trooper.
0: Yes, exactly. My projector moment, yeah. Yeah,
1: so he was a bit of a trooper to get on stage, but uh, it was all uh, not to be for Erland. He didn't advance uh, to the final. It was
0: quite dated, I think, the song. It was very as, dated. It's got a great yeah. strong voice, but yeah. as always, it's the song. Mm. What else do you want to pick out? We we can't ignore Hank Von Hell. <laughs> Fake mm-hmm. it. Um, have a little listen. Come back to us in a second. <laughs> So, uh, okay, this is a song made for a television show, which Eurovision is, Mm -hmm. but this is a novelty song and a novelty performance from a novelty performer, and
1: that is no longer welcome at Eurovision, I don't think. No, you're right. But I think for me, this is one of those songs that's there for the local audience to enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes as Eurovision fans, we come at a selection and we view it purely as, this is the process for selecting the Eurovision song. And when there's a song that isn't a Eurovision style or a song that we think would fit with the modern contest, I think we we instantly dismiss it i mean this it's rubbish this song is absolute rubbish for me but i can see it has a place in an entertainment show yeah and that's what uh, melody grand prix is it's prime time saturday night entertainment and it's going to get a big audience
0: and this isn't the last time we're going to say this on the podcast but first and foremost these broadcasters are making a television show an entertainment program for their national audience eurovision comes after. So that is always in their mind when they're selection songs, selecting songs, um, they need a nice variety to make that televisual experience.
1: The next song up in the national final was a song called Hold Me Down by Karina Dahl. Now I don't really want to say too much about this, but I just want to reflect on the songwriters of this song, because they're the kind of people who seem to pop up in lots of different places. Uh, there's lots of songwriters that do um, come together to write specifically for Eurovision. Um, and there's two, there's three familiar names behind this. One is Laurel Barker, who was one of the co-writers of the UK song this year. She was also co-writer of the German and the Swiss songs, I do believe. Alongside uh, Laurel is somebody that we know from Eurovision last year, and that's Laura Groesenecken, or Senek, who Mm. was the Belgian artist. But one of the songwriters was somebody called Ashley Hicklin. Now, Ashley's written a lot of songs for very many people, uh, but he's actually been at Eurovision before. He wrote uh, Axel Hirst, song Mother for Belgium in 2014 which is god awful if you ask me. Um, and he also wrote <laughs> Urius's song this year run with the Lions. Oh, yes. So somebody with a bit of pedigree at Eurovision. I'm also looking down the list and I'm astonished to see that he's written a song by Milène Farmer, uh, the great French singer who I'm actually one going your to favorites. see at concert. Yeah, she's one of my absolute favourite artists. So I'm quite surprised to see his name with that. But just um yeah, a reminder that a lot of these songwriters do pop up in various places and I'm sure we'll be hearing from uh, some more of them as we go along. Which leads me nicely into um, the final song we're going to highlight, which was Song 9 in the Running Order and it was called The Bubble by Adrian Jurgensen. We've
0: been stuck in our bubble,
1: gave us nothing but trouble, oh. you will know two of the writers of this at least one of which is merland himself whose song uh, we just picked out earlier and one is alexander walman who was part of uh, joust featuring alexander walden uh, in uh, 2017
0: yeah and i ugh, i love this song i absolutely love this song from the moment i first heard it i thought this is great it won't do anything. I don't think it's going to do very well, but I just, I listen to it constantly thinking, oh, that's a song for me. But then as it transpires, it actually came second and actually did well for itself, really. In the grand scheme of things, Kana was always going to win, but did really well. Um That troubadour, man and his guitar, Ed Sheeran-esque. Um, it's very Ed Sheeran, actually. It is,
1: yeah. It's not my taste, I have to say, but I can see... All of those things that you say, and I can see why that would make it popular. Um, it but can actually, I just cringe, oh, though,
0: for a moment? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the song, but rhyme in bubble and trouble. Now, from an English speaker, it's just, you just never do it. I think we had it once in a pop song, a very cheap pop song in the mm-hmm. 90s. But it's just one of those cliched, you just don't do it. You just don't rhyme certain words. Bubble and trouble.
1: But don't you love the way that Eurovision does bring some rhymes together? I mean, we you, you always have at least some, uh, some prime contenders for the Fire Higher Desire Cup <laughs> every year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, we had Fire Higher Desire on a wire from Poland a couple of years ago. Um, and we had... so There was some clunky rhyming in, um, in Rocco's song this year as oh, well yeah. from, from Croatia. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. But yeah, I quite like a uh, clunky rhyme. But it's not as bad as rhyming... Possible with Impossible <laughs> in Popular by yeah. L.S.R. That was really clunky to a, a native speaker. Yeah. So there you go. That's the songs that we are going to highlight uh, from the Norwegian Melody Grand Prix. We hope that you've enjoyed having a little reminisce with them. Or if you're hearing for the first time, uh, you can go off and listen to the full versions. In fact, the whole of the Norwegian final is available to watch on the NRK uh, website. And you can click directly to the songs if you don't want to listen to all of the the bits in between. But we've been watching it just before we did the podcast, and there's there's some interesting English translation, uh, English subtitles available, uh, translating uh, some of the words wrong. Uh, so Definitely do that. That's quite, watch That's yet. quite a giggle. So you've heard the selections that we've highlighted for you from the Norwegian final. There's only one thing left for us to do. And What's that, that? Well, it's to tell you which one we have plucked as our second cherry entrant.
0: So, as we've said, it was my favourite national final of the whole season. There was a good mix of songs and ultimately introduce me to some artists that i'm gonna follow from now on the worst song of the whole thing was actually quite an average good pop song so it was a really strong offering from norway this year but ultimately we can only pick one song pick one cherry so what song have we chosen monty
1: well we have chosen drumroll (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we'll get, we'll, we, need, we need to get a side I'll get a for sound effect. <laughs> We've chosen Enlivred Man by Merland uh, to yeah. be our cherry. So that dark passion, that dark menace. Uh, won us over in the end and that's the song that we've chosen to put forward now you of course our podcast listeners will get a chance to vote on all of these songs later in the year and you will be part of the process that selects which song wins the second cherry song contest you can watch the full performance of the selected song over on the website which is
0: www. SecondCherry.Vision
1: And thank you for listening To this Our first episode Now we're going to be back Next week And which country Are we going to be looking at?
0: Well We are going Not very far at all Well Manchester We're going to be Looking at The United Kingdom
1: Yes, it's uh, the home entry for Matt and I. We're going to be looking at Eurovision You Decide, the national final from the BBC. And uh, well, we may have some choice things to say about that. <laughs> so thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment uh, at the website. Uh, please like us uh, on and leave a comment or a review on the podcast apps, because that helps more people uh, become aware of the show. And uh, we'll be back with you for episode two, now next week but just one thing as well just follow us on social media
0: oh yes so on instagram we're second underscore cherry and You can search us on Facebook, just Second Cherry. And on Twitter, we are at Second Cherry. We are indeed.
1: Yes. That's who we are. We'll
0: cross all the social networks. (laughs) We are modern day entrepreneurs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, do follow us. Ask us questions. uh, You know, yeah, I'd love to answer some questions on the next podcast. Do you want to be probed by a query? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always, always Monty. So uh, I suppose that's goodbye from us for the time being. But we'll, um, well, we'll see you next week. Yes, thank you once again. See you. Bye. Bye.